Hey, what's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS. Back to you for the third consecutive day. Uh, Brian and James are both here with me. Uh, I called you Brian. I know that's weird, Bird. But how are you doing this morning? It's early. It's early. It's okay. Well, we got to jam this thing out quick so we can give our Bucketheads time to listen. Doing it a little bit differently today, we have a, a page on our website that we have created to act as our outline and take us through all the games. Um, but we have a nice Saturday slate here. The Big 12 SEC Challenge is going on today. There's a lot of high point totals. It should be a fun slate. So let's just dive into it, all right? Yeah, let's roll. All right. This is a uh, 20K pull-up jumper with 5,000 going to first. The buy-in is 15 bucks. Um, but like it shows, uh, you're going to win 5,000 if we take it home. There are 1,568 total entries that are allowed in this tournament. It is a multi-entry tournament, but it does feature 10 games with some pretty significant over-unders. There is one thing I want to call out before we get into the games, and that's a RIP to John Chaney. Um, we're we're kind of on the older side of things. Uh, the old Temple coach was a, a staple in the 80s and 90s and into the early 2000s. Um, my favorite John Chaney moment, was when he threatened to kill John Calipari in 94 um, thought he was manipulating referees. Now the two reconciled two years later and uh, uh, became uh, close, close friends. But uh, I remember that press conference with him storming in uh, calling him an Italian son of a bitch. Um, he was an old school guy. That's for sure. And that, those temple teams were awesome. That matchup zone was ridiculous. Yeah. Twitter would melt down now. So that actually happened today in oh, 2021, yeah. right? He would have been gone the next day. He would have oh, been yeah. fired the next day. But he ended up coaching 12 more years for the team. But uh, rest in peace, John Chaney, one of the one of the college basketball coaches of our youth. So uh, uh, let's move on from there. Okay, uh, fun slate. Like I said, we got only two in the don't go overboard section. That's Clemson and Duke and Wisconsin and Penn State in that tread water, that mid range section. We got Providence, Georgetown, Nova Seton Hall, Florida State and Georgia Tech. And then we have five games, half of our slate in the dive in section. These are all over unders over 147 or more. Um, we'll get into, get into them game by game now, and let's start out. The color coding might look familiar. This is the old uh, accordion style we used to go with on the sites, red to green, uh, showing the fast and the and the high as far as point totals. But the first one we have here is Clemson Duke. So James, why don't you start us off? Outside of Amir Sims, I, I'm not sure if there's anything on Clemson you can really consider. Uh, yeah, I think everything's really just a, a dart for them right now. The only thing I would probably look at is, you know, Duke uh, has really struggled uh, against the three ball this year. I think like 38% or something they're giving up. So you could look at a guy like Nick Honor um, as somebody sure. that you could throw into a GPP lineup for cheap. And Dawes is someone who can get hot too, right? Yep. 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 Awesome. awesome. But, uh, outside of that, I wouldn't, wouldn't work too hard. Are, are you looking at Sims at all? Um. He seems Not to be really. more like a roller coaster, a 30 or a 10 or a 30 or a 10. Uh, this seems like it, a good game for him, though. Could be a good game, uh, but, you know, on a 10-game slate like this, there's probably better options at that price point. No, I agree with that. Let's let's go down to Duke. Um, Jalen Johnson, we talked about roller coasters. He had 67 and then yeah. an egg and came back with 30-something. Now he's at 8,000. Overheard again, which is interesting. What do you see on Duke? Um. I'm not crazy about Jalen Johnson, uh, to be perfectly honest. I think the price point is just a little bit too high for him right now. Uh, but he's got a massive ceiling. So you can throw him into a GPP lineup, see what happens. But uh, a little bit safer plays, I think, in this one are Matthew Hurt, DJ Stewart. Um, uh, kind of the same story, uh, as I just mentioned, with Duke. Clemson also really struggling against the three. Uh, those two guys, DJ Stewart can get absolutely cooking. 
Um, and obviously Matthew Hurt's been doing it all year. So I think as far as the kind of higher price guys, those are two guys I would look at. The only way I would caution you uh, about Hurt and Bird, let me know your thoughts on this because he doesn't do any blocks or any steals. He's he he scores and he rebounds, but I mean, there's no ancillary. There's not a lot of ancillary production outside of that. Yeah, it hurts his it hurts his upside for hurts. sure. Oh, we're doing that uh, already this morning. <laughs> what what's that? You said hurt hurts. Oh his. my god, I didn't. It's so so early. My my humor. I don't even. I'm not even awake <laughs> oh, for dude, it. We, we thought you were being punny right out of the gate. No, I'm not. I'm 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 half asleep. But uh, yeah, it hurts his upside. And also, it's a good thing to keep in mind with like price picks. You know, where you, where you get those three points for mm-hmm. a steal or three points for a block. Someone yeah. on, with hurt, it's, it's going to be a lot harder for him to hit an over. So, anyways, yeah, I, I think that's the play. Is the rest of these guys here are, are really kind of stretchy uh, tournament options at, at best. Because there's a lot of value coming up from what I've sure. seen. Yeah. Hey, let's flip into another uh, game. Wisconsin's going to get paced up in this one, James. They are taking on Penn State at Penn State. Uh, anything for Wisconsin jump out of you besides Nate Reavers at 4,100? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they're just killing us. Uh, you know, Dimitri Trice has been doing it all season. I think this, this is a good game for him. Um, it's a good pace for him. And, uh, you know, the, Penn State's not been particularly good at um, guarding the perimeter. So I think there'll be a lot of opportunity, a lot of open shots for him. I like that too. It, now, it, to me, it feels like a Liam Ford plays better in faster pace matchups. This could be that. Uh, could I look at a Liam Ford at five thousand bucks? I think so. Uh, he's coming off a horrible game against Maryland. Uh, we yeah. only had sixty k there on four shots, but um, you know, he's probably the safest play. Uh, the uh, the front court for Wisconsin has just been turned into kind of a mess. Uh, Micah Potter, massive game against Maryland, forty three dk, but hadn't really done much before that. And so I think any of those guys, even Jonathan Davis, Lean Ford, Wall Reavers, of course, is just kind of out of the picture at this point. But uh, really, all those guys that, that right now are just are just kind of gambles. Um, yep, yeah. just darts. I will say Reavers, if you're looking for a cheap option in your cash lineup, has gone four x and two of three at that forty one hundred price point. Uh, let's <laughs> let's let's flip to Penn State and uh, the Seth Lundy show, as I think I like to call them right now. Oh my the, goodness. Nit- the Nittany Lundies. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's been terrific uh, since he came back from injury. And I, I think at this point, you just have to kind of keep riding him until he proves otherwise. Um, they seem to be going through him. He's getting uh, massive usage and shot share at this point. Uh, took 16 shots against Ohio State. So I, I think he's he, – he, until they price him out of the picture, or he just doesn't do it anymore. I think you have to play him. Yeah, I like that. The only hesitant would be the Wisconsin drudgery that is Wisconsin basketball. Yeah, they haven't quite been as awful <laughs> this year as they have been in past years. I think there's been some teams who have been put some points up on them, and uh, Penn State really does like to push the pace. So I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't let that dissuade you as much as it has in the past. Bird, anybody jump out in this one? Well, I'd be wheeling out Jamari Wheeler uh, if if Sessions is out again. He's been really good four X mm-hmm. play, uh, really consistent minutes as well, over thirty minutes a game. Uh, otherwise, I agree with what James said with Wisconsin, with Trice kind of being that lock kind of cash play, really just steady Eddie kind of cash option. And, and then there's some GPP plays there. But yeah, those would be mine. It's good to see your pun game has come back by wheeling out Wheeler. It took you a little while, but hey, we're, yeah. we're off and running, right? Yeah, that one was intentional. The first one was just just dumb luck. <laughs> Let's look at Providence and Georgetown. Uh, Providence, uh, you know, they had uh, Villanova uh, in, in their grasp. Uh, 
earlier this week and then just got destroyed in the second half. David, David Duke, uh, had uh, 53 that game. He's 8,700 today. I, I love David Duke, especially against Georgetown, a team that is still kind of without an identity, not playing a ton of defense. Um, so fire David Duke up. Nate Watson is at 7,100. He's okay. Not in the best form right now. And he's going to have Wahab on him down low. So I'm not in love there. Bynum, just like before, we're still watching his status. He's due back at any time. And as he's gone down, Alan Breed has really excelled. But Alan Breed isn't someone who's ready for a $6,000 price tag. Um, I can't uh, really recommend anybody else beyond that. AJ Reeves needs to get hot. No one else really shows any upside on this team. So I do like David Duke quite a bit, um, but that's about the only way I'm looking on Providence. I'll take nods as continue. Uh, Georgetown, this is a team that isn't real deep. So uh, so when we're talking about Georgetown, you're talking about uh, the, the usual suspects, Blair and Pickett. Um, they have all, all of the minutes on that team. They both score the basketball. They both defend and get ancillary stats. Wahab, we talked about, he's 6,500. He's had double doubles in four of six. Um, and he also has some block upside. So I don't hate Wahab, but at 6,500 on a 10-game slate, we can probably go a different direction. And Jalen Harris remains absent from the team. So there's no other point guard that's really stepped up and filled that role or someone that I'd say, Ooh, target this guy. Um, overall, this game is going to kind of be a little ugly. So uh, outside of David Duke, who's kind of game flow proof, uh, I, I'm not looking at much here. Did you guys get anything out of this game that I might've glanced over? No, no, nothing there. Let's get to Villanova, who we just talked about. They just came back off of COVID, um, and actually the Seton Hall was the first team they played since that extended break where they had uh, those issues within the program. They beat Seton Hall 76-74, then came back and had that game against Providence and were really looked look terrible. But then in the second half, they started looking like Villanova again, and that's really what we wanted to see. It took them about a game and a half, and now they're five-and-a-half-point favorites as they go to Seton Hall um, for that rematch. In that game on the 19th, uh, Robinson Earl didn't do a ton, but I, I, I like him today. He's due for a get-right smash game, and he's definitely capable of that. Um, Justin Moore is a fantastic player, but I think there's better options around 7,100. Uh, Gillespie is priced down. Samuels is priced up for some of the regular names that we know. Uh, probably can't make a recommendation either way. Uh Anything on Villanova stand out, uh, James or Bird? Uh, for me, the pricing of Robinson Earl and Gillespie, guys who are you know traditionally yeah. sit at that 8,200, 8,300 range, I think you're getting a really nice discount. And, and it's not like Seton Hall's a world beater on defense. Not anymore, no. Not without Quincy McKnight and Romero Gill. They've, they've really taken a step back. I, I think this is a game where they're going to try to put Big Ike on Robinson Earl and he's going to eat his lunch. Um, you can understand the rust is finally getting kicked off for this team that is a national title contender when they're right. So this could be a game where they really flex and, and show what they're made of, which sucks because I love Seton Hall. We all know that. Um, Seton Hall, you're talking about Mamu. You're talking about Roden. Miles Kale had 30 DK last game. Uh, so he's back up to 5,500. Again, we like him closer to five. Um, I think Mamu's fine. I think Roden, Roden's got to be knocking down his shots, but he's fine as well at their price points. Um, I'm probably not going too crazy on Seton Hall because I do think Villanova has the edge here. What I do like for the Hall, though, is Bryce Aiken. He's down there at 3,900. He had 28.5 DK yesterday. 
He looks to be healthy. And this is a team that desperately needs some perimeter scoring threat. So give me Bryce Aiken and his ability to shoot and score the basketball and create for his teammates um, at 3,900. If he gets minutes, he's going to produce. And I think that's a good way for you to get value, get get exposure to a decent game and uh, and and get some points. Yeah, Mamu had 42 DK uh, a couple weeks ago against Nova, uh, even despite having seven turnovers. Um, so, so at home, I think you know he's always in play, and that price is down a little bit. And we're we're Mamu marks too. So, awesome, James. We're coming back to you, whether you like it or not. Florida State, Georgia Tech. Hey. Uh, first thing that stops me in Florida State was uh, Gray has had uh, a nice little stretch here. Yeah, Gray's been pretty good here lately. I think he's kind of, I don't know if Barnes has sort of hit the freshman kind of lull here, but uh, Gray's been the one that's kind of picked up the, the scoring uh, pace here lately. Um, and I think he's he's probably fine for this game. Actually, the person I tend to like the most um, here is Balsa, actually. Um, he's had a couple nice games, more of a GPP play. He's a little bit unpredictable, but uh, Georgia Tech's really struggled against the big men uh, all season long. Uh, they don't have banks anymore who was kind of that anchor uh, in the middle defensively. And so I think, um, you know, for a, a little bit cheaper play, he's a guy I like. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, Barnes, I, I looked at his game logs. The minutes just really aren't there. And it looks a little bit like MJ, Wa- MJ Walker's regressing back to kind of that older form. He can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. Like bird with your girl. <laughs> oh, <That's right. laughs> oh boy. Uh, let's flip over to Georgia Tech. Uh, Jose Alvarado's got 40 burgers and four of six, and Moses yeah. Wright uh, is is in, always capable of smashing a slate. Uh, what else? What else we got on Georgia Tech? Um, you know, I think the 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 big guys, right? I mean, Wright, Alvarado, uh, Devoe. Um, I think those guys are playable really any night. Florida State is pretty good defensively. They got a lot of length. Um, they're a really good team. So you know, you might. It might be just maybe a touch overpriced. Um, and, and maybe that makes DeVoe a little bit more enticing than he normally would be, um, who hasn't been great lately. Uh, so he, he's priced down quite a bit. But um, you might take a chance on him to see if he can bounce back. But um, otherwise, I think those guys are probably a little bit better cash options. Yeah, I noted here that DeVoe would be an interesting GPP play. He feels due, and he's he's got a pedigree yeah. and a history of going off at times. Yeah, DeVoe had 21 real points against Florida State uh, earlier this year. So, yeah. All right. Let's get to a SEC uh, Big 12 challenge game in Florida and West Virginia. And, and Bert, it looks like the Big 12 is hosting all these games. Do they flip that every year? Is that how they operate? Yeah, I, I don't know if it just it happens that these games are because the are pandemic or whatever. Games. Yeah, I haven't looked at the full schedule. Okay. Um, but today we got Florida and West Virginia. Uh, that, this one's got a total of 147. Florida's playing faster this year, as promised, and West Virginia's uh, not adverse to playing uh, uh, with pace if they need to. Now, this game is going to be loaded with athletes, and one of my favorite athletes in this game is Scotty Lewis. He returned last game for Florida, got 28 minutes, played 5X, so I have no hesitation on firing him up at 4,900. Um, Castleton's been a little soft inside lately with uh, the lack of rebounding production. Um, even Payne is, uh, even, sorry, not Payne, but, uh, Drugi's been kind of phased out of the rotation a little bit, giving a bump to Omar Payne at 3,800. He's getting close to 28 minutes a game, 
but really Lewis is my target here. And uh, Applebee's been in great form, but a lot of that has been due to no Lewis. Uh, man's always pretty safe because of his usage and his shot share. But uh, outside of uh, Lewis and maybe a dart on pain, I, I'm not liking too much from the Florida side. Bird, what about the West Virginia side of this? Yeah, McBride's priced up, um, but he's, he's, he's kind of earned it. He's got double-digit shots in his last nine games, sixth highest offensive rating in the Big 12. Um, and, you know, I think generally the Big 12 defenses are probably a little bit stiffer than what they'll see the SEC today. So I think yep. that's fair. But, but overall, you know, his price is up to 8K. So that's a little bit higher than he's normally been. Probably makes him more of a 4X option. Uh, Derek Culver has been really hard to figure out his minutes since Sheboy left the team, 22, 36, 35, 21, 18. So they're all over the place. He's got double, double upside. Um, and Florida's 292nd at allowing offensive rebounds, which profiles well for Culver. But again, those minutes are, are definitely make him a tournament play only outside of that, you know, Taz Sherman probably plays the most minutes. Uh, but is very scoring dependent. And then after that, it's just a complete circus of, of rotation players between McCabe and Smith and or Matthews and, and Bridges. You know, it's just, it's just a mess. Maybe Bridges you could take a flyer on, but um, it's, it, it's sketchy. McCabe's been pretty good. I think since he start started starting um, 23 minutes, 24 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking pretty good. So I think he's had five X, four X. I think he's a guy you could probably look at. Yeah, and we've seen that from him in the past, right? I know he's right. done this yep. before where he came in and he's played those steady minutes that they kind of need at that point guard position because they've got so much volatility around them. Awesome. Let's keep it going, guys. LSU and Texas Tech. And this is a string of a couple of those games where you're getting big-time SEC offenses going against some big-time Big 12 defenses. It's going to be interesting to see how some of these games play out. Now, LSU, um, Trendon Wofford and Cam Thomas, I, I think, are both in play, but temper expectations. Cam Thomas, though, can break a slate whenever whenever he's on the court. He's got a 31% minutes and usage rate. Uh, those are incredible for a freshman. He's going to let it fly. No defense is going to try to deter him from shooting. It's just whether or not they're going in. Watford does so much ancillary production with his rebounding and his assisting. Um, I think he should be okay for value. But LSU would have to dominate this game for him to smash the slate, and I just don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, Darius Days is priced way down uh, at 6,100. He's had a string of bad games. I, I, I'll ask Bird about Texas's uh, interior defense, uh, Texas Tech's interior defense, uh, to see if he becomes relevant to me. But right now I'm staying off, and Smart will have a ton of usage, um, have the ball in his hands a lot, and be setting up that offense as best as he can for LSU. But really – I, I'm leaning more GPP on the LSU guys, hoping you get the right one that's going to keep this team in this game. Because if they play bad, um, Texas Tech could very easily run away with this. And, and Bird, uh, first, let me ask you the question about the interior defense, so we can we can put a bow on days. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the calling card of Texas Tech, right? It's just defense in general. I don't know if James has the stats up on what they're giving up to two point field goals or anything like that, but. This is an elite, you know, top 10 level uh, defense uh, that they're known for. I think the one good thing that you're going to get out of that, though, is LSU. You, people probably aren't going to click the names as much because they see, oh, they're going against Texas Tech, even though they're at home with an over-under of, of 150 and a half. Um, I think you could get some lower values. So like you said, a tournament option um, from LSU, that, that does seem to make sense. Yeah, one, one thing that may be a little bit surprising statistically is Texas Tech, at least in the Big 12. I know it's not a Big 12 game, but... Uh, they're giving up 42% from three right now. 
So a little bit of exposure there. You might look at uh, some of the LSU shooters. Well, that, that'd be Cam Thomas, but he's got to get separations and looks. But uh, it'd be interesting to see if he can get loose. Uh, we always like playing Cam, but know that on a 10-game slate, that's a pretty hefty price tag for someone going against an elite defense. Watching Cam play, I'm not sure he needs separation. He shoots it. He, shoots it anyway. <laughs> right. he doesn't really need it. He's firing it up. Also, Bird, on Texas Tech, Mac McClung, Mac McClung has been awesome for this team. I mean, I, who would have thought he would have been as much of an impact of for this team uh, since coming over from Georgetown? He, he's the clear alpha of that team. Yeah. He's the clear, like, emotional leader of that team. I think people really kind of poo-pooed him at Georgetown as a, kind of like this cocky white kid that's, that's arrogant, and he has adopted this. I mean, he is all in. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's super fun to watch because he's mega talented, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah, got, he sure is. Yeah, he, he's super fun. He's got 30% shot share in conference right now. He's averaging o- over 35 DK points over his last three games. Um, but with that, he does have his highest price point of the season. Um, but really, LSU is not scary defensively. No. It's, it's a great matchup. Um, he is a little scoring dependent if you want to throw some flaws at McClung. Um, but still at 7,300, he's been living in that 30 DK range. So, so I think he's fully playable uh, in what should be a fun kind of up-tempo game. Uh, Kevin McCuller is more of a, you know, the, the peripheral stats um, and his price. I would have liked to see his price drop a little bit more, um, but I think he's, he's still another a solid kind of four X play and Terrence Shannon's more of your tournament option. He's got 28 or more DK and four of his last five and at 6,600, a kid who can really score the basketball uh, should really excel in this type of format. But otherwise, you know, Chris Beard just just brings in these role players, these guys that understand what their job is on that team. And, and it's not really a DFS scoring thing, but it's a recipe for success in, in real life. That's awesome. Let's keep it moving, guys. Uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma State, this is a fun game, and we got a lot of value in this one, too. So I want to start with the Arkansas side of things. One of my favorite Arkansas players is J.D. Note. He was in a little bit of a three-game funk, snapped out of it yesterday. What our last game what's fortunate for us as dfs players is his price plummeted after this three game funk so you can get him at 4900 he's gonna play solid minutes and he's gonna get up a ton of shots and oklahoma state unlike some of the other big 12 teams that we're going to talk about isn't a renowned defensive team so this game should be pretty quick up and down Uh, the over under here is 152 the game should be tight i think oklahoma state's only a three-point favorite um, so really, really like the, the Arkansas side of this one, uh, Moses Moody's a fantastic player has come crashing down to 6,700, but this could be a get right spot for him. He's going to rebound. He's going to score the basketball. He's due for a big one. Uh, Jalen Tate's their point guard. Typically I don't, uh, I don't advocate for Tate, especially not at 7,400, but he's a excellent basketball player. Just not a big D not a big, uh, DFS target. James, one of your big 10 boys, Justin Smith has been pretty steady. He's a good cash option. Um, and then it's, it's important to note that Desi Sills is still only 4,300. He's, he's a glue guy for that team who, who can ancillary stat his way up to a four or five X at 4,300. And then Connor Van over our guy, he played 28 <laughs> minutes last game. I think um, I I'm not sure of okay. State's pace uh really when they play a super fast team he's just not a factor you can't play it but i think this could be a spot where connor banner vanover gets around 20 minutes and when he gets minutes he gets points so that's what i see on the arkansas side of things bird uh, okay state are they gonna run him out of the gym or do you think vanover gets some minutes yeah oklahoma state's top 70 tempo 
uh, in the nation. However, you know, they have those twins down low that are kind of big, bigger, kind of more plotting uh, type of big men. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't hate, I, I think it's an okay spot. It's certainly not as bad as the, the LSU or Alabama type of matchups right. that they would right. see. So, so I think he's in play. Um, what about, what about Kate Cunningham status? That's really the one we want to know. Yeah. That's like he's playing. It, it looks like he's going to play. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just a matter of, of how many minutes he's going to get. Is he right. going to, if you see him in the starting lineup, I think you feel a hell of a lot better. Um, if he comes off the bench, which they've talked a little bit about, um, then maybe there's a little bit of pause for concern, but if he plays 30 minutes, it's just a complete smash button situation at 8,300. It, it's, it's truly just, is he going to get enough minutes? So I would, you know, keep your eyes peeled to Twitter, uh, see if we can get that, that game's on ESPN too. So there should be plenty of coverage, uh, on that as well. So, so I would keep an eye out for that. Evidently Kate Cunningham and Moses Moody were roommates. FYI, oh, wow. I, I didn't realize that, but that's kind of fun. Pretty good, uh, pretty good talent in that room. I'd play them both then. It, yeah, you know, so. if Cade's a full go, put them both in your lineup, have some fun, because you know they can get into a game of one-upsmanship, and with those two talented freshmen, whoo, that could get fun. Yeah, roommate narrative. I like it. You got to <laughs> like a good narrative. Anybody oh, else yeah. on Oklahoma State stand out? Yeah, likely really didn't step up much uh, with Cade out. I mean, he's just not a high-usage guy. I think at 7,200, he's still more of that 4X player, which is great, which is fine, mm-hmm. um, especially in a nice over-under game. Uh, Matthew Alexander Moncrief is priced up 1700 uh, played a lot with, with Cade Cunningham out uh, super gifted, you know, freshman NBA bloodlines and his family. Um, but I'd like to see what he does with Cade Cunningham in the lineup before I want to, before I want to pay $6,000 for him. And then we talked about Caleb Boone. He really stepped up well with, with Cade out as well. Um, and, and at 5,100, I think he's in play. Just remember that that's the Caleb Boone who also will foul. I mean, he could have two fouls during the tip. You know, he, he is, will hatch your brains out. Um, so, so that does make him a little risky, but he has played better lately. And then it's just a carousel between Anderson uh, Williams and Rondell Walker. Uh, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go Walker, Anderson, and Williams in terms of guards. They're all kind of right around the same minute, um, same price point. Awesome. Quick Good note deal. on uh, Justin Smith. Questionable tag on him today. Not sure why, but something to keep an yeah. eye on. Interesting. He did miss a couple of games earlier in the month, so we'll, we'll have to research that. And as always, we'll tweet out our uh, our injury news if we see it. We'll retweet it. I think it's CBB Fantasy Hoop is the. I think that's off memory. Is the really good injury follow on Twitter. Um, we recommend following him. He's he's on top of things most of the time, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, NC at NCAA Fantasy Hoop. Yep. Yep, that's the one. All right, we got two left, guys. Auburn and Baylor. Oh, this is probably my favorite game on the slate. Um, <laughs> I got it written down here, so I'm going to read it to you guys. Uh, 48, 55, 27, 35, 47, 47. And if this were Jeopardy, the an- the question would be... What is Sharif Cooper's DK production? <laughs> yes, that, <laughs> that's that's right. Um, next time we'll make it a daily double or something like that. Shreve Cooper is 9,200. Um, uh, you know, this guy's awesome. And, and I do have a crush on him if you haven't picked that up yet. Um, but this is Baylor. So this is going to be the first time I think where Shreve Cooper has been on a slate and I've hesitated before potentially playing him because Baylor is elite defensively. That being said, someone who's getting five X, 9,200 in 66% of their games and 4X and 5 of 6, it's kind of hard to ignore. You see the 38% usage, the 33% shot share. This is a guy who they run this entire team through. 
I, I have a hard time not putting him in my lineup, but at the same time, Bird, tell me why not to play Sharif. Well, I think the argument is: Do you pay? Do you play Sharif, or do you pay four hundred dollars less and play Jared Butler exactly. at home, who's the who has in theory a better matchup? Yeah, no, yeah, it's very true. That that, ba- that Baylor perimeter defense might be, it's the best in college basketball. Easily, might be one of the best in years, really. So I I don't know. They've crushed everybody they've played. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't pay that for Sharif Cooper. Yeah, to James's point, Davion Mitchell is, is probably considered the best on-ball defender in college basketball this season. Yeah, right. So the over-under here is 154, and I te- double-checked it again. Baylor is a 15-point favorite in this game, too. So Vegas thinks Baylor is going to steamroll. And this, honestly, as a college basketball fan, this is a game where Baylor has to say, we are the number two team in the nation. We are just as good as Gonzaga. Because if they, if they come out slow at all, Auburn's going to hang with them all game and could even make it interesting at the end. Bird, do you think Baylor makes that statement today? Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask James that, you know, Baylor is a 15 point favorite. Did I, did I read that right? 15 points against an Auburn team who's played a hell of a lot better lately. James, what did you, that's a huge number. It's a pretty big number. Um, I don't know. I mean, they beat Kansas by eight, you know, is Auburn on the same caliber as Kansas? I don't know. You know, they, they've whipped a lot of teams <laughs> this year. So, right. Uh, I, I watched them uh, play Illinois early on. Obviously uh, they beat Illinois pretty good. I don't know guys. I mean, they're, they're really, really good to me. Baylor and obviously Gonzaga are the two clear best teams in the nation. And it's really everybody else after them. So I, I don't know that I would uh, take the 15 points, um, but I mean, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. All right, let's get to the DFS perspective here. On the Auburn side of things, Flanagan had a big one a couple games ago. I think he's uh, okay. I'm nice to see his price finally coming back down to a more playable number. Justin Powell remains out. Um, I doubt he's likely to magically appear and play in this one, but, man, they could use him. Uh, JT Thor and Jalen Williams are kind of that interchangeable piece down low. Um, pick your poison there. Devin Cambridge is a shooter that can get hot at 4,500. And I will want, I do want to call out Jamal Johnson all the way down there at 4,100. He's, he's, this is a guy who was taking 10, 12 threes a game earlier in the season. Now he's uh, been a little out of form three of 15 from three in his last three games, but in a game where they're going to need scoring from whoever has the looks and whoever's knocking down shots at 4,100, that's a nice GPP dart to have for someone who could go out and get five X if he gets hot from deep. On the Baylor side of things, Bird, you talked about paying 400 less for Butler. Uh, strengthen that case. I mean, he, he's their he's their heart and soul, right? He's their heart and soul, and he's on a complete heater right now. Um, you know, so they just played. Kansas State at home. Uh, hopefully no one got arrested because that was a complete crime scene. Uh, 107-59 beat down of Kansas State. So uh, obviously they got, they're arrested. They didn't have to play a whole lot of minutes that game. Uh, this is going to be a pace-up game for Baylor. I think the one one cause for concern, Auburn's holding teams to 30% from three. Um, and, and obviously Baylor is very guard-oriented. Um, so, so if you want to pick at some scabs there, that, that's, that's maybe – uh, maybe something, but, but Butler's awesome. Uh, you know, I think he's fully in play in, in all formats. Davion Mitchell, I think is priced up too high at 7,200. Um, he I think snapped he's out last game though. Oh, he went nuts. Yeah. He went bananas last game. Um, but I, I just, 
don't you think he's just going to be really focused on that defensive assignment against Sharif Cooper? More than likely. Could, could limit his upside. And I think he got priced up uh, because of that performance last game as well. Um, Macy Oteague also played really well last game, um, but that was really the first time he's done anything outside of scoring the basketball. Um, he's traditionally very scoring dependent at 6,500, uh, who I really like. And, and James, I'll, I'll let you weigh in here, but Mark Vidal at 5,200. Uh, minutes are way up. Production is way up. A guy we've We've played a lot in the past. It almost feels like one of those NBA veteran type of things where they gave him some load management early in the season, mm. really playing a lot of minutes lately. James, what do you think at 5,200 uh, as a guy down low against an Auburn team that can get sloppy, can give up some steals, can get, get shots blocked? Yeah, absolutely. I like him. Uh, rebound upside there for sure. Um, and he's he's been shooting the ball really, really well. Uh, went eight for nine against Oklahoma State, four for six against Kansas State. Uh, so I think he's definitely somebody you can plug in, certainly in a cash cash lineup for sure. Yeah, so, awesome. so I like that at 5,200. And then, Joe, I'll spring it back to you, but JTT at 4,500, a guy who is long, who's athletic, uh, that type of, of profile, you know, does 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 look good against an Auburn team that's, that's springy, bouncy kind of forwards. Um, yeah. I can see JTT playing a little bit more as well. And he's and a team that's susceptible to giving up offensive rebounds as well. They're really good at getting them on their end, but they also give them up by the hundreds. And a lot of that's because of the, you know, the forcing a lot of threes and and holding them to high percentages, long rebounds. A lot of those get gobbled up. What about yeah. Flagler? I, you know, I've had success with him. It feels like all year. He's all the way down there at four thousand. Didn't play so well last game, but he's a guy in this game where uh, Auburn is going to pace things up and want to go. Maybe he can go. Yeah, only four thousand. He's gone five x, two x, five x, two x. So, kind of it's your five x time. Yeah, so this this would be five x time, but it is, uh, you know, he's an excellent shooter. Uh, Auburn does does hold teams down from three, but but he is a, a kid who can shoot the ball and make a lot of baskets. All right, let's get to our last game of the night, guys. This is uh, my Nate my Nate Oat squad, Alabama, playing the surprise. Can I call them the surprise Oklahoma Sooners? Yeah, playing really well lately. Without Brady Manick, that's for sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. I want to Brady talk about Manic. Alabama. Uh, Herb Jones coming off back-to-back 40 burgers um, at 7,600. He's very much in play in this one. Uh, really what's fueled his 40 burgers the last two games is his assist production. Now, he's always been a pretty good point-forward passer, but the assists have been kind of down this year. These last couple games, he's had seven and eight assists. And when a guy who's pulling down naturally six rebounds and scoring naturally 13 to 15 points a game, now starting to distribute a little bit more, even raises his upside a little bit more. Uh, John Petty and Jaden Shackelford, awesome players, both of them averaging around 14 a game. Uh, I like Petty, uh, especially in uh, big games uh, or weekend games. He's just someone who likes the likes the bright lights and can get real hot. Shackelford's very consistent, but been more of a cash option. Hasn't smashed as much this year. After that, Bruner remains out at 5,700. Primo's been getting steady minutes uh, as they rotate around the wing positions. Alex Reese has really been the one to step in for Bruner at the five, but he hasn't done much with the opportunity still for a cheap price point of 4,100. You're going to get 20 minutes of a, a veteran presence who's been in NATO's system for a couple of years. So maybe there's some upside there with Reese. Um, and then the last anomaly here is Javon Quinterly's all the way down to 4,900. Minutes for him have uh, come down again. Uh, this is a guy who's been in and out of Nate Oates' doghouse. Uh, there's been effort issues. Normally he's responded to being called out, 
but he hasn't been called out recently. It's just really on the floor. They're keeping his, his time down, but he's super talented. And at 4,900, he's someone who could be live in GPP formats as well, because we've seen him have 36 DK in a game. That's, that's not out of his skill set. So that kind of caps my Alabama recap. Anything I'm missing there, guys? No, I think that was good. Awesome. Well, let's get to the uh, Austin Reeves, Davion Harmon, Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, and I'll, I'll read off a stat here, and, and then James, maybe see if anything pops out from a from a Ken, Ken Palm page perspective. You know, so the good news for Oklahoma, they won four straight games. Uh, bad news per Ken Palm, in three of Alabama's last four games, they've held their opponent to their lowest offensive rating of the season. So, you know, we think about Alabama and how good they are, how paced up, how, how they shoot a bunch of threes, but they've been really, really good defensively lately, uh, which is which is a little scary for Oklahoma. Yeah, they're the best defensive team in the SEC uh, by far, and they're one of the best in terms of efficiency, they're the eighth best team in the nation. So it's not something maybe people, it's on the front of their minds, but they're, they're really, really good defensively. I think you have to weigh that when you're looking at Oklahoma. You sent me that stat, Bird, and I was just stunned um, when I saw it. Um, as someone who's been watching Alabama closely, I know they've played well, um, but I didn't really reflect on that defensive side of the ball. And it is, it is why they're where they're at right now, why they're a top 10 team in the country, because that defense is starting to catch up to that offense. I don't think it'll ever surpass it, but it's a nice feather in their cap for sure. Yeah. You know, they, they play so many possessions probably that you look at their final scores and like, Oh, you know, they gave up 70 points, 72 points, but, but there's so many possessions, but the, the, anyway, I think that's just, it's a little concerning. Uh, for Oklahoma, Oklahoma's playing awesome though right now. So I, th- so I think that's the good thing. Austin Reeves, like you mentioned, he's going to play all the minutes. He's got solid usage. He's solid in the peripheral stats. Um, he, he's he's a very solid 4x option, I think, at home. Uh, Joe, you mentioned Davion Harmon, the scorer. Um, he's he's two thousand dollars less, so he's fifty seven hundred. He's got that increased scoring role. He's always had a high floor, and now that he's really putting the ball in the basket, I think he's a really solid play. His price hasn't changed much either uh, despite his, his really good production lately so i do like him at 5700 hey bird uh tell me a little bit about emoji gibson because when i was looking at game logs he really popped for me yeah so he's a transfer from north texas was a very good player uh only 4400 uh, so like you mentioned he's he's scoring dependent but he's seeing a lot of minutes lately and and, and with the highest over under on the slate uh, he might be a nice cheap way to to get some exposure to this game uh, the only other guy I'll mention is, is Elijah Harkless. Um, he's been around 5X his last three games. Um, I, I would probably prefer to just pay $100 more for Devion Harmon, um, but Elijah Harkless is a guy you'll probably get for zero ownership uh, as well. But to your point, Joe, uh, Mo Gibson at 4,400, I think he is a, is a good punt play. So you're not even going to mention Brady Manick? Manick, smash button. He doesn't play Do anymore. Do it. He had eight minutes last game. If you're looking for like a Larry Bird clone uh, in a lookalike contest, I think you got to play him. (laughs) Yeah, that one you can smash. He's just going to disappear from the roster. What's happening there? He played eight minutes last game, James. That is ridiculous. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. All right, let me get the scrolling back up to the top. As you can see, guys, we presented this on the website today. And what I think we're going to try to do is embed the YouTube video into this story and then publish it live to the Bucketheads. That might just be a different way for you guys to – to get your information. As you can see, each game had the relevant statistics that you need to check in on, or if you, while you're 
listening, you want to scroll and, and read, maybe it's something that works out for you. We always want your comments. We want to continue to improve this and make this better for you. So let us know uh, what you thought of the video pod. Um, for those listening only, uh, this this was unedited. Um, we're ripping the audio file for the podcast from this YouTube video. So it should be a lot of, there could be some, some hiccups in there, but you know, Hey, we're not perfect. Uh, we are at making DFS lineups, but not in life oh we're not perfect at making the dfs lineups we're perfect at talking <laughs> no, no. about them right. we're constructive. We'll, we'll give you 30 names and that winning eight will be in there but picking them is <laughs> that's on you guys yeah don't ask us for roster construction help my lord it's been a train wreck all right well, well good work on this I, uh, we got it out early in the morning but hey i'm glad everyone's waking up with us we're waking up with you and and james do you want to take us home yeah come on out to our website uh, www.cbb-dfs.com or follow us on Twitter at CBB underscore DFS. Uh, subscribe, like, check our pods out, check our YouTube stuff out. We're all over the place. Uh, we love being here. Love supporting you guys. Take care, Bucketheads. We'll see you next time.